helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Welcome, my name is Melissa Waggett and I am the co-host of the Life Transformation Show. I am so excited that you have chosen to join us this morning. If you joined us last week, you know we started a two-part series called Parenting Solutions for ODD, or Oppositional Defiant Disorder. During that show, we spent our time exploring what ODD is, discussing the signs and symptoms of this disorder, as well as how it's diagnosed and the importance of getting help so it doesn't progress further. If you missed last week's show and wish to listen to it so that you have a foundation for today's discussion, we encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com, or you can call us toll-free at 1-877-544-3546. Again, our number is 1-877-544-3546, and we'd be happy to pass along a copy of last week's show. Today, we'll be diving into the second part of this series and exploring this topic further. We're going to spend a lot of time focusing on how to manage this disorder and lessen your child's defiant behaviors. We've chosen to dedicate a whole show to just this aspect, so we'll have the time to dig deep into this area and hopefully provide you with some techniques and approaches you can use when parenting your child. And we really feel there's a lot of hope and um, potential through this show, so stay tuned. We're excited to explore this important topic with you this morning. If you've joined us for the first time, I want to welcome you. And if you want to find out more about this show and our counseling services, we encourage you to go to that website I mentioned off the top, elamcounselingministry.com. Again, elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can always call us toll free with any questions you may have at one 544 Three five four six, and with me in studio is a familiar voice to our listeners. It is Michael Hart. He is an award-winning psychotherapist, and he is the director of Elam Counseling Services. And I have the pleasure of getting to join him in studio this morning. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Melissa. And I have the pleasure of uh, being here with you again and getting your very helpful questions to try to explore this topic in a way that makes it very entertaining to our listeners. I don't think we'd be able to do this without without the way that you approach the oh, topics, Melissa. And it's good. I'm in a much better frame of mind this morning. Last week, I was sharing with the listeners, my son chose to have three timeouts before my coffee brewed at 7 a.m., which wasn't a good way to start the day, but I didn't have that experience today. So I'm in a much better frame of mind getting to chat with you about having children with some defiant uh, behaviors this As I morning. hear you talk about that experience, I'm so happy that my kids are way past those timeout years and I don't have to deal with the temper tantrums anymore. Exactly. So I'm going to glean from your wisdom. And, and as I've joked so many times on this past, part of what I love is the practicality of the things we talk about. It's experiences so many of us experience in our life. Um, and this is... a. Uh, the topic we're exploring today, ODD, has a lot of impacts for many families in our communities, and we're hoping to bring some hope and healing to those families this morning. Right. So as we talk about oppositional defiant disorder, for those of you who missed last week's show, we're not talking about children here who uh, misbehaves at times or every now and then says no. We're talking about a disorder. It's an actual 
diagnosable disorder. And so if you missed last week's show, we talked about what are some of the symptoms that of children who has oppositional defiant disorder or ODD. So we, we don't have the time to get into those uh, eight points that we covered last week that we said are signs of, of this disorder. So if you missed last week's show, please go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. But this week, Melissa, we wanted to focus more on some of the, the parenting tips that are, are the strategies that parents who are faced with with ODD children, the, the, uh, things that the practical things that they can do to help with the chaos and the discord that is often in these types of household. So I'm wondering if as a starting point, you can help describe for us what kind of frame set should a parent begin with when they're beginning to work with a child who's showing some defiant behaviors? Where should we start off with from a mindset perspective? I think it's important for parents to remember that if you're trying to help your child who is going through uh, who is dealing with ODD, that it's important to have the mindset that you're not going to get immediate result. And so I think we sometimes, parents sometimes, uh, feel as if they're going to do something or come up with a strategy that is going to make the child with the disorder obey right away and that things are going to be better. They're going to put in place consequences and the child is going to obey these consequences or things are going to be better right off the bat. But I think the mindset should say uh, this is going to be a, 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 a process and that it's going to take time. I think it's also important for parents to have the mindset that they're working with their children, not against their children. It might feel as if you are fighting a war and it's the child against you. But if you can change the mindset to say, I am in this for the child, I'm in this to help the child, we are trying to work as a team, I think it's a, that that is very, very important. And, and to realize that your child is not working against you, I think with ODD it can sometimes feel because of the opposition that your child is the enemy and that they're working against you. And some parents have even said they feel that their child is demon-possessed. Well, your child is not demon-possessed, it's a disorder. And they're, they're acting out, out this disorder. And so it's important to have that mindset that it's not necessarily a spiritual problem. I think it's also important to have the mindset that it's okay for you to, to be angry. You can be angry with your child, even though you're working with the child, but that you need to have, uh, strategies and, 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 coping uh, tools to deal with that anger because I think the the how parents, the mindset that parents have in dealing with uh, ODD children can add to the chaos. And so I think it's very, very important to change that mindset as we go, as we go into into this topic. It's very important for us to understand that. So I I'm, I'm, I want to pick up on a word you used just there, the word chaos. And I'm wondering if you can describe what parents should do if they're feeling like they're entering a chaotic situation and they're beginning to lose control of their child. How should parents react? Because 
as you said, sometimes these behaviors can be really big. This isn't just your one-off acting out. This this can be quite dramatic. Right. And so if a parent experiencing that and they feel like they're losing control, what advice would you give to them? I think it the, the, the worst thing that you can do as a parent is to partake in the power struggle. So I think there are times when uh, the, the defiant child will say, I am not going to do this, and they're defiant, and parents will start yelling at the child and saying, I am your parent, and you're going to do what I say. And then this just feeds into the chaos, and this feeds into the power struggle. I need you to think about it like as parents, to think about it that you do have the control, you do have the power, and you don't have to to demonstrate to the child by yelling and shouting and screaming that you have the power. Uh, 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 if you think about it in terms of a workplace situation, a boss who or an employer who has the power in an employer-employee situation doesn't have to yell at the employee and and shout that they are the boss to get the employee to to comply or to exercise his or her authority. So I think parents can uh, realize that despite the chaos, despite the fight, despite the opposition that this child is demonstrating, you do have the power and you do have the the control. Because if you if you uh, change that mindset. To things are out of control, there is nothing I can do, the, the child is in total control, then that alone can help you with your frustration. And we are going to give other tips uh, as we go through this show as to what are some of the things that you can do to exercise that control. Another thing I would like to say that you should think about it in terms of the bigger picture as well, because it's not necessary for you to demonstrate control over every minute opposition that that child gives you. In other words, you have to pick your battle. If you fight every little battle, every little opposition that this child uh, uh, present you with, then you will burn yourself out. So I think you should think about the bigger picture. What are some of the non-negotiables that I want in this situation? And so, that, so how do you begin to determine what are those non-negotiables for you? Because if you have a child that's fighting you at every turn... How do you balance not getting into a fight every time, but also completely ignoring the behavior and feeling like you're doing nothing to actually change it? Yes. So, so if I understand your your question, your can you say that again for me? Yeah. So, so when you talked there about learning to fight and pick your battles, right. and coming up with those non negotiables, do you have strategies in to help parents figure that out? Because sometimes when you I, I feel like maybe when you're in those moments where everything is, you're so used to everything being a fight. Right. Beginning to even determine what you're going to stake your claim on and what you're going to let go could be hard. Right. Are there strategies where people can start to figure that out within their own family unit? Cause yes. Yes. So I think as a as a as a team, like if there are both parents are involved. If it's a family with, with with a mother and a father, both parents should sit together and say, okay, what are some of the non-negotiables here? What are some of the things that it's absolutely necessary to have compliance with? And then come up with a strategy as to how we're going to go about trying to get the child to comply with this. It's also important to understand that 
you're not likely to have success right away with the strategies that you that you 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 put in place so when it comes to to non-negotiables like if you if you are having a battle let us say over homework and you have this hard and fast rule that homework has to be done at 4 p.m. after you come home from school your first thing the rule in the house is for you to do homework let us say that the child is not complying with that, but the child does their homework at seven and they do their homework in time for bed. They're opposing you, but do you need to enforce your authority in that situation? Or is it okay for say, you know, we can, we can, this can be one of the negotiables because the, the child is not doing it at the time that we say, but he's still doing his homework. So you might be able to, 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 to talk about this as parents and to say this is something you are not going to fight over but a non-negotiable could be something like going to school the child might feel that i'm not i don't want to go to school and i'm not going to school and you you as a parent is, is going to say this is a non-negotiable you have to go to school and so you need to to, to come up with these uh clear plan as parents as to what are the negotiables and what are the non-negotiables. If if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. Today we are covering part two of our two-part series called Parenting Solutions for ODD or Oppositional Defiant Disorder. If you've missed the first half of today's show or our show last week, we encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com, or you can call us at one 544 3546 And while you're over on our website, we encourage you to read more about this ministry and also consider giving a donation so that we can continue, can continue, pardon me, to keep this show on the air and more importantly, provide subsidized counseling services for people in our community who need it most. We also want to remind you of our upcoming healing retreat that we've been speaking the past couple weeks about. It is going to run from November 16th to 18th at Providence Point in Lanark County. We have offered this uh, numerous times now, and there's been miracles happening each and every time these retreats are held. If you want to join us, their spots are limited, so you can join us by signing up on our website at elamcounselingministry.com or by calling one eight seven seven five four four three five four six. Yes. So, Melissa, we were talking uh, before the break about the non-negotiables and uh, and talking about be- having a very clear plan as to what is negotiable and what is not. I think another thing that parents do, another mistake that parents make is when they come up with what those non-negotiables are, if you have non-negotiables and the child does not comply, it's important not to make your your make things uh make make things make things go unattended and and so by if you do that your emotions are building up and so let us say that the 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 child didn't do any homework at all and you didn't address it and it goes it it went on for a day two days three days and then by the fourth day you're now so frustrated that it leads into this big flare up and there is yelling because now you're frustrated so it's it's also important an important strategy is to once you know what those non-negotiables are that you deal with them as they occur they don't have to happen immediately so if you're very angry for example you can you can take a time 
time out, you can take some deep breaths, go away and calm down and then come back and address the situation. But you should never let things add on top of each other because eventually it will lead to this big uh, outburst of emotion and and will be non-productive. So to that end, are there strategies we should use when disciplining disciplining children with defiant behaviors. Yes. Are there things that work and things we should just run like the plague from and avoid? Because I know off the top you mentioned sometimes our natural tendency to yell back and just stomp our feet and stand our ground, that will explode in your face. Yes, yes. I think it's important for us to take the drama out of it. So you're not going to yell. If you if you have something for the child to do, try to talk, talk to the child with respect and in a calm manner, because sometimes because of the utter frustration and the fact that you know that this child is is defiant, you actually go into situation expecting a fight. And so even your tone starts out uh, in an aggressive manner. And so I think it, it's important for parents to approach discipline with respect and self-control. And so when you do that, the Bible talks about training a child in the way he should go. And and so if you're expecting the child to be respectful and to be uh, non-aggressive, then you need to model that for the child. Because if you go into 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 a situation demanding, you, you must clean your room. Now I demand that you go and you clean your room. It's been five days since I've told you and you have not done it. And you resort to name calling and you're, you're, and you're talking to the child in that way, then you're actually modeling for the child how to deal with stress and frustration. You're modeling in a in a non-productive way. And so it's important that as you go to discipline that you model for the child what it is that you're trying to create. So if you want a calm environment, it's important that you model it. It's ironic that I see a lot of parents who come to me that they're complaining about the child's behavior. And then when you hear about how they're approaching the conflict, they're fighting with the child, they're calling the child name, they're being aggressive physically, and then they're complaining that the child is doing the same thing. You're, you're, the child is, you're modeling for the child and the child is repeating what they see. So it's also important for parents to understand and keep in mind what psychologists uh, uh, call uh, fail-proof consequences. So if you're going to instill a consequence for the child, make sure that it's a fail-proof consequence, something that you can actually put in place. I see you're smiling there, Melissa. What's going on as I say that? Yeah, sorry. I, this is why I'm really happy there's not a camera in studio when we, <laughs> when we are on air because, yeah, you would have seen me smirking. I'm just thinking back to a, a silly consequence that I made for my son that as soon as it came out of my mouth, I said... We're never doing that. We had bought some plane tickets for a mm-hmm. vacation and he was acting up. And out of my mouth, I said, if you keep doing X, we're not going on that flight. Mm-hmm. And of course he did it. <laughs> and in the back of my head, I went, you know what? I just spent a lot of money on those tickets. There is no way we're not going. Mm-hmm. That was a consequence that I was not going to follow through on. Yes, yes, And yes. he didn't know it, but he called my bluff. And yeah, there was no way I was turning back because, yeah, we were going on that flight. Yes. And so it's important to know what you can control and what you can't. So, for example, if you're saying to the, the, the child that the consequence is if you don't go to your bed on time, you are 
not going to be allowed to be on the internet? Like, if you say that, can you actually enforce the inter- the, the, the the limited time for the inter- in- internet? Because you might say, well, you're not going to go on the internet, but the child is in his room with his phone and he's on the internet and it's not being enforced. So if you have a consequence that, say, uh, you go to Johnny quietly and you say, Johnny, I would like this room to be cleaned by 6 p.m. on Saturday, and you know the consequence for that, if you don't do it, then you there'll be no internet time. You have to make sure that you have the, the capability of, of following through on that, because if not, the, 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 the child, it's not going to be an effective consequence. So can, can the limitation of internet time be enforceable? Yes, but you have to come up with a strategy as to how you're going to do that. If you're the one paying the child telephone uh, telephone bill and you're the one that buys the phone yes it's enforce it's enforceable by taking away that telephone or by turning off the internet at a certain time so you need to know uh, what the you need to have rules that are enforceable I think another thing for consequences Melissa is that you need to have clear rules and you need to involve the child with the with the rules and with the consequences. So don't wait until there is a big uh, uproar and the child is being defiant to shout out that you're not getting your phone for three weeks. Uh, it's, it doesn't work. It just adds to the child's frustration and the child is likely to become more angry and to be even more defiant. And so it's important to sit with the child when the child is calm and to say, you know, this, this is what we are trying to do to help you. This is why we're doing it. These are the, the this is what we would like you to do. Uh, how this will benefit you, and these are some of the consequences that we think are fair, uh, f- are, are are reasonable in this situation. And you're in a much calmer state when you're doing yes. that. Yes. It's interesting. As we're going through our discussion here, one of the things that came to mind is, so far we've talked a lot about the defiant behaviors, right. and I can understand why, because those are those big ones right. that are in your face. What about the positive behaviors that our kids are showing us sometimes? Yes. How do they come into play and can serve as an advantage for us in working with kids yes. who have defined behavior sometimes? That's such a good question, Melissa, because I think a lot of times we tend to give children attention only when they're behaving badly. And we spend a lot of time uh, talking about what's wrong. But part of behavior modification strategy is to also reward positive behavior. And so if a child does uh, a behavior that you have negotiated with him or her and you want, let's say that the same example of cleaning the room, the child did clean their room by uh, 6 p.m. on a Saturday evening. It's important for you to praise the child. It's important to say, I'm so proud of you. You know, the room looks so good. Look at the good job you have done. And, you know, to even treat the child to something that's special. It's important, though, uh, to, to know the difference between rewarding the child and bribing the child. You don't want to give the child uh, to, to offer a gift. Like, if you clean your room, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you this. That could be seen as a bribe. But I think a reward can be something that is given 
uh, a, a gift can be given or, or, or uh, a treat can be given after the chore is done as a way of, of reinforcing that positive behavior. So I'm thinking about the time of year we find ourselves in. It's in the fall time. People are going back to school. Last week, you talked a little bit about part of ODD and some of its severity is when it extends beyond the home into circumstances like the classroom or maybe church or other sort of more public settings. Right. Are there any tips for parents whose children maybe show these symptoms or behaviors in a school setting? How should they go about helping parenting the child there? Because for the most part, parents aren't sitting with their kids in the classroom. Right. How can you go about that dialogue in that environment? Well, I think it's it's important for parents to, to work with teachers and to be proactive and to approach the school even before there is a problem and to say, my child has this, this behavior and it's likely to be a problem. And these are some of the things that we do that is effective effective for the child. It's also important that to know that for children with ODD, they have other comor- comorbid uh, situ- uh, conditions as well, such as ADHD. So by, by, that, by that we mean uh, comorbid, meaning that the, along with the ODD, they have other mental illnesses. So ADHD is a very common uh, thing that we find in children with 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 ODD oppositional defiant disorder and so if you if you have a child who, who has this condition and you're having problem at school it's important for you to advocate for that child inform the the parents about what's going on and uh, try to get special help for your children at school if they if they if they're having difficulty if they have dis- uh, if they have other learning disability uh, for example, you you should let the, the 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 teachers know and try to get special help for that child. Don't don't allow the these problems to to add to the child's frustration because if these things are not known and the child is expected to do things that he or she is not capable of doing, it's going to add to the frustration. It's going to make the behaviors worse, and the child is likely to get into more trouble and just be more unhappy. And so with the little time we have left, I'm wondering what advice and support you suggest parents should begin taking for themselves as they're helping their kids. I think it's very important for parents to get professional help when dealing with children with ODD. I think a professional can help you with putting in place some of these strategies, uh, coming up with with consequences, reasonable consequences, and help you to cope because this is very stressful for parents having this kind of opposition uh, to their authority. And so it's important to get help from, from a trained counselor who can help you navigate the, the situation. And I see that we're out of time today, but I'd just also like to say quickly as we wrap up that parents should also uh, join support groups uh, that can help them, help them uh, talk with other parents who are are going through similar situations. So we're out of time today, but we want to remind you that at Elim we offer services for we offer professional counseling for this issue and many other issues that we talk about on this show. So if you need help, give us a call at Elim Counseling Ministry. Com. Sorry, give us a call at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six, or go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Uh, also remember our upcoming retreat, which will, which will be on the weekend of November 16 to 18 
in Lanark, Providence Point, Lanark, and uh, we, ex- we 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 are anticipating great things to happen. So don't wait to register. This retreat fills up very quickly, and again, it's only a small group that we will be taking. So if you want to be part of this group, then call us right away. And so uh, we want to thank you for joining us. We also want to tell you about next week show. We have another interesting show lined up for you next week. We are going to be talking about loveless marriages next week and we are going to be talking some of about some of the things that leave, lead to loveless relationships and what you can do if you find yourself in a loveless relationship. So until next time, this is your host Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services and Melissa Waggett praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you.